When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. The Score North Winter Online Auction. It's your chance to save up to 70% off on items. Like a gas furnace or water heater from Air Mechanical. Stealth trailer from Pleasureland RV. A five-night all-inclusive golf vacation to the Dominican Republic from Escape With Us Vacations. Or an ultimate yard maintenance package from Tri-State Bobcat. Bidding begins December 9th through the 15th. Go to scorenorth.com keyword auction to bid, win, and save. That's scorenorth.com keyword auction. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing Company. We had some interior penetration um, on the play, um, and Dalvin was actually going to attempt to throw that football um, to Johnny Mutt, and he was open in the back. We, we just wanted to make sure, number one, that there was no penetration there, and, and uh, you know, ultimately trying to be aggressive in that moment. Uh, goal line defense in there, not a lot of uh, runs from the three-yard line, but and, and we had the play set up. And uh, just didn't execute, and the ball went the other way. It was a critical, critical error. We got to go back and look at it. And I'm always going to rely on on our guys to make that play and execute in that moment. Um, but ultimately, a uh, huge play in the game. Yeah, yeah. No, that uh, I wouldn't rely. I wouldn't rely on the backup center to hold off interior pressure. With a trick play in a crucial moment of a road division game, that's just my. That's I've never coached a game of football in my life, but I'm just going to sit here on a Monday and armchair uh, armchair coach that one for you, KOC. This is not an armchair observation, but anything that you're going to do that's going to be uh, trickery or creative needs to involve heavily, preferably with the football in, in his hands, a guy who wears 18. Or even like a jet sweeping motion involving well, 18. Just something. But I mean, something. the play that he made, that Jefferson made last week, where he was went to pass, and look, he could have thrown the ball, but he clearly, in his mind, saw nothing and showed zero panic and basically surveyed the field, took off, and got a first down, okay? Like... This is like ha- having the third best at- athlete in your in your grade school class run the recess trickery football play. Like the bell's about to ring, the, the score is tied, and you have like the the third best guy. You have Joey run a yeah, play. It's Declan running the crazy trick play with exactly. the end doesn't make any sense. We we had a kid named Rich Rolfs at Saint <laughs> Therese who I always relied on because he was just our best athlete. Okay. I feel like you've butchered the analogy here. Dalvin Cook is one of their best athletes. But Justin Jefferson's better. <laughs> okay. And he never I just panics. feel like you're slandering Dalvin. Dalvin Cook I am. definitely screwed I am. Dalvin up. Cook, but... 
Dalvin Cook runs the football really well. Dalvin Cook being asked to do that play, he has not thrown a pass. I know, I know. I don't disagree with you. I just feel like you comparing Dalvin Cook to, like, the idiot, unathletic kid on the playground is a step too far. No, I've done this for years. You've got your best players who know how to do certain things. Everyone fits into a category. But anyway, Justin Jefferson, if you're going to get creative KOC and it doesn't involve 18, go back to your desk, sit down, and think about what you're about to do. As you can tell, we are still fired up after uh, the third Vikings loss of the season yesterday. We're going to do our usual Monday autopsy. We'll give you our hottest Vikings takes. We'll give you a pie chart, which I have been up all night cooking and slicing for you, a pie chart of blame. Uh, and we will give you some silver linings to to make it a balanced show as well. But this is Purple Daily, daily Vikings entertainment and therapy as needed. We just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die here. We reject 500 football. We want championships at some point, okay? Uh, and the show is presented by our friends at TCL. No matter what you watch, TCL has award-winning TVs for any budget, any space, all with stunning picture quality. And TCL makes more than just TVs. They offer mobile products, audio devices, home appliances, a great potential holiday gift for someone in your family or friend circle. TCL brings you joy and simplicity through innovative technology. You can also pick up a little six-pack of Tallboys or something, of Surly, for a stocking stuffer or you know, or just for yourself to cope with what we saw on Sunday. Exactly right. After that game, pick up as much as you possibly can. The only question is which ones? Furious, before I, I die, let's get back to work on that next week. Uh, logic Bomb controlled chaos look here's the thing the surly roster up and down is so deep and has so many star players that we have a problem deciding each weekend on which one we're going to drink but you know what it's still fun to make that decision surly brewing a proud sponsor of uh, pd we appreciate them and i know that all of you who show us your cans appreciate them as well check it out all right dudes let's uh Let's do it here. Go, go around the room. All three of us are going to give our hottest Vikings take as we've sat here for the last, I don't know, 18 hours or so and have digested this game. So, Judd, you're on the tee box here. The driver is in your hands. What is? Send it, baby. What is your hottest Vikings take on this Monday? I, uh, I've given this great thought, and it's not going to surprise you, but I've thought about how I can frame this to make it as, uh, as hot and yet realistic as possible, and here it is. Today when he walks in the building, Ed Donatel, defensive coordinator of these Vikings, needs to be stripped of play calling. Um, you could say fired. I don't see it happening, though. I don't think it's realistic. I'll be shocked. If Ed Donatel, by the end of today or this week, has been relieved of his duties, I'll be absolutely floored. Mm-hmm. So that would be a take, but I don't think it's going to happen. Stripping him of his play calling, realistic as hell. And look, this was not a one-game blip. This was a culmination of ineptitude. So if this had been one game, Harrison Smith didn't play, okay, unfortunate, embarrassing, get back to work. But when you have given up, as the Fox graphics showed yesterday, 400-plus total yards in five consecutive games to set a single-season franchise record, something is not working. You are 10-3. and three. You have a chance at something special here. This is not, you know, this is not an okay year in which, okay, we'll go back and reevaluate, which you will have to do. Um, you need to put players, as KOC said, and what I thought was probably his most stern and direct comments yet as a coach. Yeah. You need to put your players in a position to succeed. I don't care what your system is. I don't care what your scheme is. I don't care fundamentally how much you believe in that. 
right now, it's time to make the players shine. Not saying you can't go to a 4-3, you can't, you know, you can't change the scheme right now. It's too late. But what you can do is you can sit down and find a way to, A, get the best from your players. Daniil Hunter has been basically absent for uh, three of the last four games. And the other thing is, what you can do is in-game play calling-wise, as O'Connell said, be a lot more aggressive. I mean, yesterday again, they weren't aggressive. They didn't. Bl- they don't blitz, and then they're soft in coverage. It drives it's so, me crazy. It's so I'm stripping weird. him a play calling. Okay, he's out as my play caller, and if that causes him to pull a Norv Turner and quit, okay, I'll cross that bridge. But I'm stripping him of his play calling, and I'm doing it today. If I'm I'm o- O'Connell, and we'll we'll adjust from there. Some data to chew on here, and we can. I, I am wondering if any of us will go further than that by the end of the show. And I have an example here, which may or may not be relevant. But as we wake up here this morning on this Monday, the Vikings defense is last in the NFL in pass yards per game given up, last in the NFL in passing yards per attempt given up. Yep. The only reason why they also aren't last in like opposing team passer rating is because they have snagged twelve interceptions which is like sixth in the NFL so far this year. So they get credit. They definitely get credit. But you're not always going to be able to rely on interceptions because the opposing quarterback can dictate whether he throws a risky pass. And sometimes you're not going to get the ball that's bad at the line of scrimmage, right, that falls in the arms of a linebacker or a safety. So there definitely is skill involved in interceptions, and we've talked about that with Patrick Peterson, film study, etc., but it's not a predictable, reliable thing that you can say, this is why we have a top defense. The yardage needs to also fall in line. I will also note, after yesterday, I don't have the data for yesterday's game yet, hopefully by the end of the show, the Vikings have a bottom five blitz rate. So again, how are you last in the NFL in passing yards, yards per attempt? You are an atrocious pass defense, not even to speak of the run defense. And you yep. aren't trying something more aggressive. Well, but if we're more aggressive, we're going to get burned. You already get burned all the time. Yep. It makes no sense. The stats yesterday, according to ESPN stats and information people, um, extra pressure was sent on 9 of 41 dropbacks. Two of them created pressure. So his point would be, well, I mean, see, when we do it, we don't get pressure that often. To which it's I would say, not- well... Uh, I would find a way to do it and to get pressure. Right. And that's what I said is I, unless you believe that Daniil Hunter is just cooked and like he still gets some sacks, but he is a, if you, unless you think he is just a shell of the player that we saw through 2020 or 2019, um, how are you not getting him home more? How are you not creating more pressure? He has seven sacks, but in the last three games, he has one sack. Yeah. So that's my question is you have to find a way, and O'Connell basically said this because he tries to do this offensively. You need to find a way to feature your best players. Like you can't be this. I'm telling you guys, this goes back to, I remember covering this 2006 with Childress and his whole thing of he did not do anything that featured players. It featured what he believed to be the principles of his scheme. And that's when he, he said, well, when it's executed right, this is a kick-ass o- offense. Okay, that's great. But aren't you going to try and find a way to best showcase your players? Yeah. I Also, I mean, on the offensive side, you you brought this up on Vetline yesterday. Kevin O'Connell's all about collaboration. Quasi and the collaborators, right? We were kind of poking fun back in January. Yep. And, uh, and how many times has Kevin O'Connell talked about him and Kurt getting together, 
either in person or via text or whatever it is, what does Kirk feel comfortable? We're not going to run anything offensively that Kirk doesn't feel like he can handle. Now, as a coach, are you going to try and, like, push some schematic things on him and get him to feel comfortable? Yes, because you need to expand his boundaries a little bit in this new system, and they have. Have they done that on defense? Have they gone to Daniil Hunter, Zadarius Smith, Harrison Smith, who's playing much fewer snaps on the line of scrimmage than he was in Mike Zimmer's system, and saying, all right, guys, so I've got my philosophies for how this 3-4 thing can work. How can we also mold it to what you guys feel comfortable doing? You've all played together, especially like Daniil and Harrison. Patrick Peterson's been here for a couple of years. So I don't know that those same conversations are taking place. Um, all right, Declan, what is your hottest Vikings take? All right, my hottest take is Kevin O'Connell was the biggest reason the Vikings lost to the Lions. Okay, wow, okay. I'm putting this all on the head coach. From the idea to throw a jump pass with your running back to your backup tight end, play calling on short-to-go situations. Now, we have plenty of examples that Kevin O'Connell does not know what to do and for whatever reason gets way too cute and wants to go pass-heavy on short-to-go situations. Um, once again, on another fourth down, you had another chance to just probably punch this in and, you, and you're, in, you're in shotgun on fourth and one. What are we doing here? Uh, your offensive line is banged up. And you continue to establish the run. The Vikings running game on 34% of their rushing attempts the last five games is averaging zero or negative yards. That is the most in the NFL by a wide margin. Now, I personally am not going to get too upset over the two-point conversion call, but again, I think we're getting a little bit too ahead of our skis and we're we're thinking of one play ahead here. Um, Even decision to go for the onside's kick. I get that the defense has been gashed, but let's say... you didn't convert the onside kick, so now the team is essentially past midfield. Best case scenario is you stop them, and they're either going to kick a field goal or pin you back on your own goal line. I actually rather would take my chances that you kick off to them, get a stop, force a punt, even get a turnover, and you're in a better position to score. I think this loss goes 100% on coaching. And if he continues to employ Ed Donatel who is a guy who has allowed a defense to surrender 400-plus yards over the last five games, and you're 10-3 and right now, and that's the biggest issue. I'm not talking about a kicker that's missing kicks. Your defense is your biggest issue right now. That falls on a head coach. That falls on Kevin O'Connell. So Kevin O'Connell is the biggest reason, in my opinion, that the Vikings lost to the Lions. Wow, you guys coming out swinging today. I like this. And I'll I'll even add, you kind of touched on it there, but doesn't any criticism of Ed Donatel and the scheme on defense have to also fall under or maybe even primarily Kevin O'Connell. And I think you can say this is where there's room for nuance. There's room for gray area. I think it's possible to say I love Kevin O'Connell personally. I think that guy is a home run hire. He's a first-year coach, still trying to figure some things out. So on one hand, I love Kevin O'Connell. Compartmentalizing that, there's a lot of room for criticism what they're trying to do defensively. And ultimately, he's the one that greenlit the hiring of Ed Donatel. And it's now December, and they have to have a come-to-Jesus meeting. I'd love to be a fly on the wall for that meeting, the coaches' defensive meeting today on this Monday and what they're talking about. Um, but we used to rip Mike Zimmer all the time for, like, well, why doesn't he? Why, why is the offense so archaic? Why you know, this? Ultimately, he is a head coach of a football team. He needs to make sure this offense is more modernized and more explosive. Well... It's the same thing on the other side of the ball. And they are using a more modernized defensive scheme, but it just feels very rigid, and they have 
They just have not adjusted in the last few weeks to some obvious evidence that this thing is broken. Hiring a guy who knows the guy who who is a huge part of this scheme does not assure success. Like O'Connell knows McVay, but he is also shown offensively. I'm not going to say he's great, but he's pretty good. But uh, Donatel was, I mean, he he is the definition of a journeyman coach. You know, he's not a, it's not like he, he was part of this 3-4 innovation. He coached and coordinated four threes until he, he met Fangio. I, I think in retrospect now, probably the mistake was not beating the Eagles to the punch, right? And getting Fangio as a consultant, at least. Like, it well, would be what really- was the connection there? Is there a um, just dumb question? Is there a yeah. Howie Roseman? Like, is there a there, there was a connection between Fangio when so he was DC of the Bears. He got hired as the coach of the Broncos. Uh, Donatel was then brought in at, as his DC, which meant no, that no, Donatel, no, no. I mean, I mean between Eagles and Fangio. Oh, I have no idea what that is. Yeah, they're they they probably just called him up and said, "Dude, your defenses are great. Let's uh, let's at least consult." It's probably a great way to make about what. Two hundred fifty grand or something like that, yeah, and show up occasionally. I, yeah. I don't know what the consulting rate is, but if, yeah. But anyway, Probably that would good. be. <laughs> it would sure be nice to, to have a guy like Fangio throughout the course of what's gone wrong this season to lean back on at least and say, "Hey, why don't you come here, uh, pop the hood, and take a look at what's wrong?" Yeah. Well, I'm uh, I'm going to say something that I ca- I kind of thought I thought this going into the game just because of what Vegas was saying. It's like, wow, maybe we should take a step back and just be as objective as possible here. But I'm going to let the game play out before I say it. And my statement is, or I guess my my hottest take is, yesterday's game was not a fluke. The Lions are better than the Vikings. Whoa. And I'm going to bring you evidence. I think a lot of people think, well, I mean, it's just, you know, the Vikings, if they would have done this, this. On the season, the Lions have a better point differential than the Vikings. They were favored in the game by two and a half points, according to smart odds makers. They have a more explosive offense statistically. It's not even really close. They average like an extra explosive play or two per game, and you saw it yesterday. They have a better offensive line. Both defenses are kind of a wash. There, it's the yeah. it's in terms of yards per play. It's the thirty first and thirty second ranked defenses. So both defenses are kind of a sieve. Um, and if you go back to the first meeting, so the Lions won the game decisively yesterday. Yeah, the Vikings came back and made it kind of a backdoor situation, but that was a two-touchdown game late in the fourth quarter. In the first game, the Lions were up 10 points in the fourth quarter. So the Lions have had double-digit leads on the Vikings in both fourth quarters of their meetings this season. I don't know what you can really point to at this point to say that, if I mean, at, at best, it's an even draw between these two teams. And I'm going to spoil something. I may put my rankings where my mouth is tomorrow in the pigskin pecking order. I'm just going to throw that out there. Oh, wow. The Lions are a better team than the Vikings. They've also won five of their last six games. The one loss was just a bad coaching move by Dan Campbell past the 50-yard line against the Buffalo Bills on Thanksgiving. Right. I know it's crazy to hear, and it sucks to hear that, Vikings fans, but an objective look in the mirror and a survey of anyone else that follows the NFL after yesterday would say, yeah, you know, the Lions get off to a weird start. They lost a bunch of close games, but they're better than the Vikings. Do you know what yeah. I really like about them? Their their depth at receiver is absolutely outstanding, and they're starting to prove that you can – it's, I think, like a uh, bullpen in baseball. 
they're starting to prove that you can n- never have enough guys. Yeah. Young talent filtering in, right? L- like, look at the options Goff had yesterday. Um, yeah, well, actually, it was incredible. That, glad you brought his name up. So I think, again, we sit here in our little Vikings world and, like, people just in the Kirk or blank debate, which you could do 20 times over, people laugh when you bring up, like, like Jared Goff. Would you rather have Kirk or Goff? Oh, oh, oh. oh it's a laughable question. I mean, Kirk was outstanding yesterday. So was Jared Goff. So yesterday, I'll take the Kirk performance 10 out of 10. But if you look at the last six years, so let's take Jared Goff's rookie season out of the equation when he was with Jeff Fisher and the Rams were a total train wreck. All right. Um, He was about to be fired. So rookie quarterback thrown into the fire. Let's take those seven games out. They were a train wreck. Last six years, yards per attempt, nearly identical. Goff and Kirk Cousins. Yards per game, nearly identical, 259 to 257. Their QBR the last six seasons, nearly identical, 54 and 55.9. The difference is when given a great car to drive, Goff drove it to a 13-3 and record and one score away from a Super Bowl championship in 2018. So I just want to, I want to open some eyes here. The Vikings, look in the mirror today. Jared Goff, a little better than everyone gave credit to. When you give him a decent car and some infrastructure, he can drive it. And the Lions today have a worse record, but are a better team than the Minnesota Vikings on December 12, 2022. That's a that is a hot take. I, I have to digest that. Like they I get just all the facts. The Vikings yesterday. I know, I know, but I still have to digest that. It's the Lions. Uh, I love their young talent, though, offensively. Because yes, you're you're right. The defenses in this case are a train wreck. Wash. Um, but I, you know what I think this does show? I think this does show when you have an opportunity, because I think the Vikings are going to regret this, and you can laugh all you want. When you have an opportunity to draft a receiver who looks like he's got potential in 2022, I think you take it. I, I don't think you get cute. I don't think you trade back. I think that you take that, that guy. Um, I'll tell you yeah. flat out one thing that's getting frustrating. And I've been on this I've been on this train. I, I'm a man on an island a little bit, but it's been frustrating. Um the loyalty factor here to certain players is going to have to get we're going to have to get past it. Adam Thielen is your second guy. Look, he still has a place on this team, okay? In the red zone, he's very good. He has great hands. He will till the day he dies. He's just got he's got God-given ability to catch a football. But when you have no ability to create separation, and you and and I will go out on a limb and say you literally struggle to move. Like if <laughs> like if it's close in space, but no, but I mean if he catches a ball and there's not a lot of space there, he goes backwards to try to get going fast to come yeah. back at you. It so, happened again yesterday. <laughs> yeah. So so like Thielen, great hands. I'm not trying to say he doesn't have a place here, but at the price tag that they're going to now and are now paying him. Uh, and when you look at what Detroit incorporates and you think, what if Justin Jefferson had one or two guys on the, the depth chart right below him who are like this? Imagine the imagine the explosive nature, potentially, of an uh, offense, which I think we all can agree for the Vikings, is not firing on the cylinders it should be. The question is the why. And I think part of that is you don't you are not employing beyond Jefferson receivers who are real threats. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the, the next level to this Vikings offense may not exist until you have the Vikings. They, they sh- showed a graphic on the Fox broadcast yesterday. 
They rank 28th in the NFL in explosive plays, which are 20-yard plays or more. And they actually had a they had a couple big ones to Jefferson yesterday. They actually had yes. like four explosive plays yesterday. Yes. And that's how Kirk also got to that 425-yard mark. You're not going to get there by just completing 11-yard passes all day. But largely this season, that's the way they have to score. It's 11-play, 70-yard drives, which you got Hawkinson for 9, Thielen for 8, maybe Jefferson for 15, four runs into the back of the line of scrimmage, right? Like that's it's a bunch of jabs, 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 and, they're, and they are precision jabbers for the most part this year, which is a big reason why they've been able to rack up these wins. But that home run element, it does matter because you're going to make mistakes. You're going to turn the ball over sometimes to be able to have a quick strike or two in a game. The Lions have it. They absolutely have it. Would I trust Jared Goff to exclusively put together 11 play drives? No. But if he's going to hit Jamison Williams for 40 yards on a touchdown in the second play of the game, and uh, and there's so much. I mean, we, we, some of this might be overreacting too, but because we're these Vikings defensive players they drafted are injured, and we just and then you see Jamison Williams come back and boom, like throws it in your face on the second play of the game. But I do remember this show. I think all three of us were in lockstep. By the time we got to about three weeks before the draft, we were saying they should draft a receiver in the first round. They should. Oh, you, what are you talking about? They have yeah. Thielen and KJ Osborne. I know, yeah. but ah, Thielen's like fifty, and <laughs> KJ Osborne is oh—he's you know, just kind of a guy. What if they drafted an explosive receiver? And now you're looking at yesterday, saying, "Boy, it would have been nice to have an explosive receiver." Now again, defense—defense defense was the bigger problem, but the offense. Keep in mind, well, maybe this is a good segue into the pie chart here. But one more thought, and we go get to the pie chart. The offense yesterday had seven total points until the two-minute mark of the third quarter, okay? Yes. So just because you racked up a bunch of yards and points trying to play catch-up when the Lions got to 31, 34 points, you know, only having seven until almost the end of the third quarter, that's that's a problem too. So we're going to – a lot of defensive ripping here, but let's keep in mind, the offense has spurts of, you know, 60 minutes of real time where they do nothing. So, all right, those are your hottest takes. Good stuff. Wow, that might have been our most feisty trio of hottest Vikings takes mm-hmm. on the season there. Straight fire hard. from different directions. It wasn't hard, really. Mm-mm. Amazing. Um, you know what else is straight fire? Prize picks. It's an easy way to play daily fantasy, and if you pick the over yesterday on almost anything Vikings-related, uh, you're in business. Like, Justin, look at this. What's this ticket this from? Is this a is a tie. Ty sent me this yesterday. Look at this little, little four-item parlay for 250 bucks. I like it. A little over on more on Kirk, more on Thielen, more on DeAndre Swift, more on Justin Jefferson. Uh, yeah, that's how you do it on prize picks. You pick between two and five players and an over-under on their projections. You can win up to 10 times on any entry. Show us your slips. <laughs> Use the promo code NORTH, and prize picks will match your first deposit up to $100. And by putting in that promo code, you can tell them, that we sent you and you help us uh, sort of by association. Prizepicks.com or the Prizepicks app, Daily Fantasy Made Easy. Date night made easy thanks to Chanhassen Dinner Theaters, Judd. That's right. And if, if you want, want to be a hero, so if you want to be the guy, the stocking stuffer, uh, your mom, your girlfriend, your wife, I've got the ticket for you right here. In fact, the ticket is one of these gift cards, as Phil just said, to the Chanhassen Dinner Theater. Theaters, a gift card is the perfect gift idea for date night. It lets you pick what you want to see, and there's something for everyone. 
I'll quickly go through it. A splashy musical on stage, Footloose, The Prom, Jersey Boys, a concert series that features tribute concerts. Everyone from the Eagles to Patsy Cline, the comedy improv show with Stevie Ray's is a blast as well. And on that date night, you are going to get a great meal, uh, steak, prime rib, the famous chicken Chan. And it's this simple. Go to ChanhassenDT.com or call them 952-934-1525 or stop in. Um, but again, ChanhassenDT.com. And if you, you do it, make sure that you say that your friends from Score North gave you the suggestion because it, of course, helps us for them to know that we are making a difference when it comes to ideas for holiday gifts. ChanhassenDT.com for Chanhassen din- Dinner Theaters. All right. I'm going to bust out the knife here, boys. Nice. Now on Mackie and Judd. This chart makes it as clear as I can to you. The pie chart of blame. You want to blame somebody? The Rock knows how you feel about pie. Five slices. Five slices All right. of pie to go around here. Manageable. I think there's a case to be made that there should be more, but I just tried to focus on the main collaborators here that lost okay. yesterday. Okay. We'll start with the smaller slices and work our way up. And we're actually going to start on the offensive side of the ball here with some small slices. Again, a lot of defensive conversation, but let's not forget that the Vikings had seven points offensively until the two-minute mark of the third quarter against the worst defense in the NFL. That is a problem. So 10% goes to the makeshift Vikings offensive line. Some of this is just like happenstance. 40% of your starting offensive line is out, including maybe the best left tackle in the NFL. It's going to be tougher for you, but guys, 17 runs, 22 yards, and a long of five. (laughs) Really? Against the worst defense in the NFL? And you can't get get a six-yard run? A seven-yard run at all? All right, guys, you have three hours to get a six-yard run. Go ahead, and we're going to give you 17 chances. You can't do it. Yep. So... That was a huge reason why they were one-dimensional, why some of these drives just stalled out. You know, again, some of it's injury when you're missing. Bradbury's a very good run blocker. Mm-hmm. Derisaw is a road grader. Um, but then some of it's play calling. Like, why are you going for it? I'm, I'm okay going for it on fourth and one from midfield range. And I think we have to live with there's going to be a certain percentage of those that just fail. If you want your team to be aggressive and go for it on fourth down, you can't pick and choose. Like, oh, but but not this time. But then why are you running it into the back of a backup center? That's my question. Just super weird. So um, the makeshift offensive line was a huge problem in a lot of ways yesterday. They get 10%. Great, Okay. If you guys have any further comments, feel free to jump in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm waiting. Uh, 10% to the tag team of Kevin O'Connell and Dalvin Cook for the train wreck jump pass play. So that play specifically, I'm giving 10% that Dalvin and, and KOC can split. So KOC for calling it, part of your goal is to run. In that moment, they were trying to milk clock. They had the ball with like six and a half minutes left or maybe even more. And they had this methodical drive going mm-hmm. into halftime. And there's a, at that time, there's like a minute and a half left. It's a first and goal from, what, the three-yard line. Mm-hmm. So... In a perfect world, you don't necessarily want to score there. You'd like to maybe maybe you run the ball and you get to the one or something. Perfect world. I'm not saying you would turn down a touchdown. But if you could run the ball, milk 40 more seconds, make it sure 
make sure that they're going to get basically no time left if you can do it perfectly, which is puzzling why they would call basically a trick play that can result in only an incomplete pass or a touchdown or disaster, or, which is the third Or option, worse, right? so option it's, three. I guess I would rather just run it, in that, and that was what I was thinking in my head, is you should just hand the ball off here. If you score, awesome. If you don't, oh, now you run 40 more seconds off the clock and you try again on second down. But to call that play is is essentially guaranteeing the Lions get time back or disaster. And uh, it, it wound up being disaster. On the Dalvin side, I think people are exonerating him a little bit. Dude, you're a veteran in the NFL here. And I get that that's not the play that you're accustomed to running, which is why we're blaming KOC too. But why was he so confused as to what to do? They obviously practiced that play throughout the week or the season. And he, as soon as he got the ball, it was like, Ooh, he slow motion mode. He's got he's kind of fumbling with the ball down by his knees, and then he gets stripped of it. It's like why was there so much confusion from a veteran on what to do in that spot? It was like he was expecting a, a look that he didn't get. Like something clearly went went wrong. I think it was probably just the interior pressure. But again, your center was the backup, and so like to run that play, um, I hated the entire thing. I absolutely hated the in- entire thing. Where I will absolve Cook a bit is having him run that play to me is pressing your luck. It really is. Again, he's not throwing a pass. It, this this is not like a Cook play that we saw three years ago, and now it's like, oh, it's back. Um, so I felt O'Connell more than, than Cook. But here's what's really weird. So Cook clearly freaked out. Like, it's very clear that as, as he like looks around and you can see, he's like, I don't yeah, want to do this. I don't want to do this. super weird, yeah. All he has to do is fall down. Abort the play. Clock ticks. You get touched. Clock keeps going. So, like, that's where I will fall. Cook is, dude, if you're not comfortable with it, um, that's good. That's cool. I get that. But give yourself up. Because if he had just given himself up in, in that case, it actually would have worked. Yeah. Because you still could have scored, and the clock keeps going. According to uh, ESPN's FPI, when the Vikings were in that basically first and goal situation, they were at a 53% chance to win the game. So, like, they were still in control yeah. of winning the game. It was coin flippy, but they, st- they still had a 53% Huge. chance. After the play, and Detroit takes over the football, they now swings to 70% for the Lions to win the wow. game. So that's a 25% chance that just swung completely the other way after a buffoon. Or, like, if, if it was a handoff and Cook just straight up fumbled, yeah, that stinks. But it was the way that it was executed, and it was a halfback pass to a backup tight end. That's what I think infuriates me. <laughs> yeah, Johnny. Johnny. It was Monday. a disaster. It was a dis- I and you guys know I am the I am the president of the Johnny Munt fan club, and I was like when when I heard K- KOC fess up and say, "Yeah, that was supposed to be a pass to Johnny Munt," I almost spit out my drink. I do like that he owned it. He wanted to make it clear that it was a play that I called. Just yep, so yep. you guys know, yeah. and we so, practiced a lot. They would have they would have tied the game at fourteen and then get the ball back in the third quarter and then instead you're down seven and then you whiff on your first drive in the third quarter like you always do. I believe I saw yesterday that the Vikings have not scored a touchdown on their opening third quarter drive all season, which matches the memory test, right? Just feels like they don't. They don't come out and score. Uh, And then real real quick on those two small slices, so. The, the makeshift offensive line, and I'm looking at that fourth and one early where they w- tried to run up the middle, couldn't even get a yard of push, and then the train wreck jump pass play. Those plays, those offensive failures, and then giving the ball right to Detroit. Here, you're on the fringe of field goal range, right, to start the game, basically. 
Oh, boom, second play, home run pass to Jamison Williams. Crazy momentum shift right away. A sudden change, if you will. Um, and then and then the train wreck jump pass play, it's like you might as well just give the Lions 14 points of swing there in yep. the first half. So, all right, 10% to Quasi Adolfo Mensa. Hmm. This might be a little unfair because the jury is very much still out on the 2022 draft. These people who are calling it a bust, you have to let it play out for two or three years. However, it must have been difficult yesterday to see your top four defensive players that you drafted in the first, what, four or five rounds, Lewis Seen, Andrew Booth, Brian Asamoa, and a Caleb Evans doing nothing in that game. Only one of them was active because the other three were hurt, and injuries happened. I get that. Meanwhile, Jamison Williams, a guy that you could have drafted if you wanted to, or any number of explosive wide receivers or playmakers on the defensive side of the ball, a 41-yard bomb on the second play of the game, and then jumping around the field and <laughs> high-fiving yeah. everyone in the front row. Um, first so catch, I, too. His first catch. Yeah. Second game. So, again, it's unfair to sit here and say, well, Lewis Seen's a bust. He got hurt. Well, Lewis Seen got beat out by Cam Bynum to start the season. Remember that. He was second on the depth chart the entire offseason. Andrew Booth was banged up, but he was not effective in the time that he did play over the course of, like, three games. Brian Asamoah can barely get on the field unless Jordan Hicks. So Jordan Hicks got hurt, and that might be a thing that gets Brian Asamoah on the field. And Caleb Evans was okay in spurts but injured, so some of this is injury. But if you're Kwesi, looks a little looks a little tenuous with Jamison Williams running around. Yeah, and, and on Booth, it's concerning because you, you t- took a guy who was projected to be a first-round pick, but because of injury problems, fell to the second round. But everyone said... Yeah, that's he's got a lot a lot of things wrong. And guess what? He's hurt again now. And I think he has been hurt since training camp started three or four times. So like that's the other thing too, is at some point in time, uh that he cannot stay on the field. And the last thing on scene is when when you traded back and you bailed on that pick, don't forget Kyle ha- Hamilton, a safety who's with Baltimore now, who's had a great rookie season, was there. So like you you passed up the best safety to get cute yep. and to go backwards. Yep. So, well, we'll see. He'll he'll get a chance to throw it back in everyone's faces in two years if some of these guys are studs, but right now it looks it looks rough. Mm-hmm. 20%, my fourth slice of pie, 20% to the defensive leaders, the players, the defensive leaders of this team. Daniil Hunter, Darius Smith, Patrick Peterson, Eric Kendricks, Jordan Hicks. Harrison Smith didn't play yesterday, but he's been a huge part of the defense this season, right? Uh, Harrison Phillips and Dalvin Tomlinson. That is, what, eight veteran players who've been in the league, starting players for five, ten years, all of them. If we're going to rip Kirk Cousins for the last several years, well, just because Mike Zimmer is your coach doesn't mean you can't take a leadership role here. You know, you got Zimmer and Kubiak putting their thumb on you. Dude, be a leader. Express what you want. If you think that the offense isn't aggressive enough, if you feel like, Things need to be changed or added. Go have that big boy conversation. Well, if you're one of these defensive leaders, there's eight of them, for God's sakes. Is there no sort of like come to Jesus meeting at any point? They're just, or just going to run the scheme, I guess, and get drubbed every game. So, And some of it, too, is regardless of the scheme, why are you guys, as good veteran players, just getting drubbed for 400-plus yards? Why are you missing tackles? Why are there blown coverages? Miscommunication, right? Why if you're if you're Daniel Hunter 
for instance, or Zadarius Smith recently, you can't get pressure in any scheme. Like, you're not dropping into coverage on every play. Go get pressure. So some of this has to fall on the players as we sit here and also rip the chef that's trying to cook up the scheme. Right. Well, yes, they could easily and should go and, and say, this doesn't work. Because you, you can always tweak things. Like, there's this whole thing about, well, it's too late to, to change. Yes, it's too late to overhaul the defense. But it's not too late to tweak things, make changes. You are, I, I mean, right now, you are delivering a defensive performance that is very well going to get you eliminated in the first round, home field, and you are going to win the division, I think. That is not, they, you know. They will. They will. That is not acceptable. I mean, you hey, you came out and declared Detroit better than the Vikings. Who knows? The Lions could come. I didn't back. mean that they're gonna that they're gonna win their next four. Oh, the don't, don't slow your roll now. There we go. Don't slow your roll now. Yeah. Don't slow your roll now. But anyway, yes, I agree completely. Um, be uh be an active participant, especially like right now, because KOC is clearly going to take a long, hard look, possibly for the first time in his coaching tenure at defense. Be be a catalyst now in getting changes made that are going to at least stop the tide of 400-plus-yard games. Yeah. Yep. And that brings us to 50% of the pie. To And this is the second time I'm putting KOC in the pie chart. Unprecedented. He's getting two parts of two different slices of pie. The Ed Donatel and Kevin O'Connell scheme. I, I go back to what Declan said. You, you kind of threw Kevin O'Connell out there as the guy that was the biggest reason for blame here. I love Kevin O'Connell, but any conversation about Ed Donatel also has to include Kevin O'Connell. He is the head coach of this team, okay? So the scheme, and Ed Donatel probably gets to eat like 80% of this pie and Kevin O'Connell 20%, because ultimately you hired a guy that's been in the league for 30 years, coordinating for a third of that. Yeah. All right, I'm trusting you, guy, in my first year to figure this out, and he can't. So... You got these veteran players, Zadarius, Daniil, Peterson, Kendricks, Harrison, all these guys. Harrison didn't play yesterday, but Harrison was part of the first four 400-yard debacles. Are those guys as good as they all were a few years ago? Not necessarily. Are they aging? Yes. Are they washed and cooked? No. Watch them play. How are they collectively this bad? You're telling me that the chess pieces on this chessboard are just like an immediate loss within five seconds of you're going to sit down next to your opponent and like my chess pieces just don't move, apparently. Okay. Um, I don't know how that collection of veteran players is the worst in the NFL or second worst if you want to go yardage uh, to Detroit that still has a, a slight advantage on you as the worst defense in the NFL. And even KOC after the game confirmed, we need to put these guys in better spots to succeed, which is a shot at the scheme more than the players. Uh, Ed Donatel's last six seasons as a defensive coordinator, four of the six, he's been in the bottom third of the league in terms of yardage. His only good season was last year under Vic Fangio. That would be like coordinating under Mike Zimmer five years ago. Take a bow. Yeah, well, Mike Zimmer was the guy. Vic yes. Fangio is the guy. Vic Fangio is the consultant that people hire, not Ed Donatel. Correct. So, um, fifty percent to the scheme, and just and not just scheme, but teaching of the scheme because the scheme works. Look at Denver. Look at the, like look at the Rams a few years ago in two thousand twenty. Brandon Staley, that three four scheme. Now having a a beast like Aaron Donald helps, but the Vikings have some beast players on this defense. 
I'm not saying it's going to be the number one defense in the league. The scheme works if you have decent players. And the Vikings have some decent players. I guess I'm arguing, why isn't it 18th? Why is it 31st? How about 17th? So there's teaching and scheme problems here that go above and beyond uh, the the roster or the aging veteran players. Update. The Vikings have passed Detroit. Congratulations. Total defense, 403.7 yards per game now. Detroit, 403.2. Yeah. And yard, so yards per them, play. So we're, we're last. Yard, yards per play, it is six point, uh, I think it's 6.3 Detroit, 6.2 Vikings or something. So. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what part, part of this is, I think, that's the most frustrating? Because you don't get pressure. And, like, again yesterday, we saw really passive uh, pass defense. Is There's no scheme where, like, the lead thing is don't be aggressive. Like, that's what's frustrating is it's one thing if you're seeing guys get beat. Like, when, when Dantzler got beat, okay, he got beat. Like, that's frustrating to watch, but you totally see that. Yeah. But what's the explanation for basically – um, telling your corners, play off guys, soft coverage. And so the next thing you know, it's third and nine and it's a 10 yard pass, but you're not getting pressure up front. Like there's no defensive scheme that calls for just be passive. Yeah. And that's, and that's what gets me is, is like the fault also lies in the approach. And the only thing I could think of is, do they not think that their players are good enough to, to necessarily cover uh, and make rush and coverage work? And so they're trying to basically be as cautious as possible because it feels like they're playing cautious. Yeah, they are. And I, and again, I would ask, what's the worst that can happen if you if you ratchet up the aggressiveness? What is the worst that can happen? You're already giving up boatloads of yards. All right, it doesn't. It does. There is precedent. I was looking this up before the show. Do Super Bowl contenders ever fire coordinators in December? It's, you're so late in the year. Mm-hmm. And and there there are some examples. The most notable one is the 2012 Baltimore Ravens. They won the Super Bowl in Week 14 after a Week 14 loss to the uh, at the time the Washington Redskins. They fired their offensive coordinator, the Cam Cameron, I believe. Yes. Um, and they and they promoted yeah, and they promoted uh, your guy Jim Caldwell to be the offensive coordinator. And, then, and that's when a, a few weeks later they then took off. Joe Flacco had the Joe Flacco run in December, and that was under right. a new offensive coordinator. So it, it has happened before successfully, a very tough decision, a team that was destined to make the playoffs, and they said, despite that, we have to make a change here. So I would be shocked if they flat-out fired Ed Donatel, but there's got there's to be some come-to-Jesus situation this week. has to be. Could, could you quietly... Um try and transition play calling to like Patton, which I, which I understand for all, all of you saying Mike Patton, he was a bust too. He has been at times, but he also has been successful. Mm-hmm. And I think he's more of a natural DC. I think Ed is a position coach who occasionally be- becomes a DC, but I wonder if you could quietly transition the play calling to Patton and not announce that. Like, I'm just trying to think of, cause I'm, I'm with you. Nothing that that Quazy and O'Connell have done so far, Phil, would lead you to believe that they are going to get up to a podium and say, "Ed Donatel's been fired." Yeah. But right? if Ed if Ed does a song and dance at the podium publicly on Thursday, at which he gets contentious with the media and blames the players or something, I don't think he's going to because I think there's going to be a 
difficult conversation with KOC before that takes place on Thursday. But this this will be an interesting dynamic to watch for sure this week. So the pie chart is served in five slices. 50% Donatel KOC scheme, 20% defensive players and leaders, 10% Quasi, 10% Dalvin Cook and KOC for the train wreck jump pass, and 10% to the Vikings' disgusting offensive line yesterday. There you go. All right. The Rock knows how you feel about pie. Silver linings coming up here in just a second. One silver lining for you during this holiday season is you don't have to balloon. You can, in fact, Mm -hmm. lose weight and get a head start on those people in January. They're going to change their lives. Exactly right. January 1, Health Club will be packed, and everyone will be like, I'm trying to lose weight now, but why don't you start now? In fact, in fact, it is this simple. Brought to you by my friends at Livia Weight Control Center this holiday season. Give yourself that gift of good health. You might be on the couch right now, but imagine that in a month from now, you've dropped 10 pounds, 15 pounds. By the springtime, all those clothes that don't fit, fit, and that is all possible. And get this, there's an added incentive right now. If you sign up, you save 50%. 50% savings to give yourself the gift of Good health. It's this simple. 855 go L I V E A. Livia, L I V E A dot com. You can go in person if you're in town here. If you're not, no problem. Virtual uh, meet- meetings are an option for you. Livia, L I V E A dot com. Give yourself that gift and start losing the weight today. I dropped 40 pounds. Feeling fantastic. Boom. Uh, if you're a business owner out there and you're looking for just a guiding hand to help you navigate the sometimes choppy waters of running a business. Federated Insurance has been providing this for over a hundred years to business owners. They measure their success as a company by the success of your business. They're all about risk management, tools and resources, and smart people galore. When you go to federatedinsurance.com, you can find who uh, who your local marketing representative would be to partner on this venture. Again, federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. All right, let's go around the room here. Start with Judd. Give me at least one silver lining off of a really disappointing loss yesterday. Um, well, I'll start with the obvious one again, because uh, a definite one, Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson were a magnificent, magical combo. It's a shame that this statistical performance is going to get lost in the fact that one, the offense, to Phil's point earlier, didn't produce enough points. And two, the defense just flat out stunk. Uh, Cousins, 425 yards and two touchdowns. I believe that that tied his performance in Green Bay in 2018 uh, when the Vikings tied the Packers. And Jefferson, 11 passes, finally broke that long standing since 1976 Sammy White record, 223 yards. I believe Sammy in 1976, November of that year, caught uh, 210 yards worth of passes. But that is a phenomenal day that is a great day and you know what i can say i could say with complete confidence that for one of the first times cousins crusaders i'm with you it wasn't kirk's fault oh god no kirk cousins did he was, everything he, he was outstanding he yeah he did and, and and he was tough too again he took a ton of hits he got blasted got up and you know what he, he didn't do i didn't think he padded his stats i thought that he basically kept trying to win the game which I think that there's a stark difference to you're getting blown out and here's Kirk dinking and dunking. He was making probably what would be considered low percentage throws. Jefferson was making phenomenal catches. That was not stats padding on either of their parts. That was trying to win that football game. It's tied for the most yards of Kirk Cousins' Vikings career with 425. 
And like you said, and I, I made reference on Ventline to garbage time, a little bit of garbage time in there. If I could, if I could tweak that, I would say game flow garbage time, meaning like you were down by 10 to 14 points. At one point, it was like 15 points or whatever. And so the game flow dictated that you chunk the ball down the field. So there was some of that in there, but it was all yep. within striking distance. They were trying to score quick, get the ball back. Like, um, so he, he did everything he could. He stood in there, like you said, with some backup offensive linemen, and he kept hunting down the field. And uh, when, when you can devote that high of a percentage of targets to Jefferson and Hawkinson, and Thielen is one of their best weapons, even though he ripped him earlier in the show for not being the same as he used to be. I don't think that's ripping. I think that's just him now. I agree. I know it is. It's, it's, like, it's not, not his a, fault. It's just the right. evolution of being a, an older football player. Yep. But, um, yeah, and on a day where there was virtually no running game at all, for him to still be able to stand back there. So no running game, and the game flow dictates that you have to pass. They know you're going to pass, and you have backup offensive linemen. To still stand in there and throw for 400-plus yards is pretty incredible. So that's one of the best games Kirk has played, probably as a Viking dating back five seasons. Uh, Silver lining for me is feeding your playmakers. So the Vikings had 23 targets to Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson yesterday. 23 targets. Uh, they, they ended up grabbing 17 receptions between the two, but Kirk made an effort to get the ball to the top two playmakers. That's why you traded for TJ Hawkinson. I'm not sure why the Lions were booing TJ Hawkinson. It's not like he requested out or was a bad egg during his tenure. At least, I don't know, I'm not recording Lions daily seven days a week, so maybe I, I'm not aware of how, of how things ended with TJ Hawkinson's oh, tenure. Oh, Judd, and I didn't, Judd and I didn't tell you. Oh, yeah, uh, there's been Lions a trade. daily. Uh, sorry, we're actually send, we're sending Declan... And a couple fourth-round picks, picks to yeah. Lions Daily. <laughs> WDFN. Yes. Um, but I, I love that they they fed the top two playmakers here. I mean, Jefferson goes off for 223. I know Hoxon had a really bad ball-breaking drop, basically. That would have been a first down um, in this game. But but these are your best two playmakers. Feed them. Feed them. You don't have to do checkdowns to Johnny Munt. You don't have to do halfback passes to Johnny Munt or C.J. Ham, wherever the hell it is. They actually ended up feeding their top two offensive weapons in Jefferson and Hoxon, and I would love to see that. Uh, for the rest of the season, too. I think my silver lining is they're still very much in the driver's seat to be the number two seed in the NFC. I'd be looking over my shoulder at the Brock Purdy-led San Francisco 49ers now who just absolutely dehumanized the Buccaneers (laughs) yesterday in front of Tom Brady's family and friends. That was embarrassing. (laughs) They ripped his heart out of his chest and (laughs) stomped on it. Molaram, Molaram, um, and the Cowboys eking out a victory to stay within two games of the Eagles and to be tied record by was uh, with the Vikings doesn't matter because whoever finishes second in that division is going to be the five seed. So you're really at this point, and you're four games clear of the Buccaneers, who are so you're only competing with the division winners. Right. It's a race between the Vikings and the Niners for the number two seed. Right. But even if the Niners catch you. Okay. You're the three seed, and you're going to play a home playoff game in the first round. Would rather be the two seed. Right. But y- yesterday's loss didn't, like, change the landscape of what you're trying to do here much. It just exposed that you maybe are more fraudulent than than people would have hoped. If you don't do something starting today with the defense, I don't care what your, your seed is, you're going to get bounced fairly quickly. So, like, that's the most important thing. We're about to find out, like, Kevin O'Connell strikes me as a very nice guy. 
but I, I know behind the, the scenes he is extremely competitive, and yeah. I think he, he can be a jerk. And this week is a time, not to his players, but this week is a time to be a jerk. Like, winning is more important in that job than anything. And your appreciation for Donatel or your thought process that this would, would work, because he talked about, I wanted to hire a guy that ran this scheme because I, I knew from talking to players offensively that this scheme in with the Rams gave us fits, right? So I want to practice against it. It's not working, though. So I almost don't care what your seat is. I care about, are you willing to make the necessary in-season adjustments? And to quote PJ Fleck, in this case, are you willing to eat a very difficult conversation for breakfast? Because calling Ed in is not going to be a, a simple conversation. Yeah. And like, that's going to be very in-depth. And you're talking, this is another one of those weird age dynamics. What's, what's KOC, 38? 37, I think he's still 37. 37. Yep. Ed Donatello is 65. Yep. And yeah, those, are, those are not easy dynamics where you're, you're going to go in there and you're going to tell someone who has been an NFL coach almost as long as you've been alive, 31 years and yeah. coaching football for 50 years or whatever, you're going to go in there and you're going to say, here's what I think needs to happen. Uh, Ed Donatel's first year as a, as, a, as a NFL coach was with the New York Jets in 1990. He was 33 years old, secondary coach. And uh, he was with the Broncos when they won a Super Bowl, back-to-back Super Bowls as a secondary coach in the late 90s. That's kind of how he then he became a defensive coordinator with the Packers and worked his way up. And so you're going to dig through all that history and ego potentially and say, Ed, what we're doing here is not good enough. So, yes, God, I'd love to be a fly on the wall. Or you could flat out say, Ed, Ed, (laughs) you're not going to like this. I'm not going to fire you, but I am stripping you of play calling. And that's the end of the conversation. And 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 like you said, he may may quit. He might quit. He may quit. Guess what? Too bad. I mean, that's the thing about, about this is this is the first crisis is too strong a word. This is the first really difficult situation KOC has faced. I mean, it's, things it's have a, gone incredibly well. It's, it's a crisis at this point. I think we can call okay, it but I'm saying this is the first. This is the first. Like, come to Jesus, you're going to have to do something. You know, besides this, it's been Vikings wise smooth sailing. Mm-hmm. No pun intended there. I didn't even realize I did that. Vikings wise smooth sailing. Oh, sailing. That's very funny. Boat, very funny. Little boat, little boat reference. Yeah, I didn't okay. even mean to it. Right, are you uh, but. I'm just telling you, today's a tough day. <laughs> Purple Daily family, today's a tough day. Grab your grab your surlies, your loved ones, and hang on. Oh, amazing. All right. Well, we got you guys covered. More therapy as needed here. Uh tomorrow we will we will re-rank the top ten teams in the NFL. And uh, over on Mackie and Judd, our other daily show, which has become largely a Viking show as well this season. Um, we'll give you our statements. I've got a couple more things we didn't even get to on Purple Daily today that will be discussed in statements. So thanks for hanging out with us. And check out VentLine, too, if you haven't. Please click subscribe on the Purple Daily YouTube channel and the like button to spread the word about this Vikings community. We'll see you guys tomorrow on Purple Daily. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plug Door Chris Howard. University of Michigan QB J.J. McCarthy makes bold predictions but doesn't fulfill them, and Ohio State kicker Noah Ruggles misses an opportunity to etch his name in Buckeye lore. Fans love their teams and the players, that is, until they don't. When it comes to finger-pointing, you'll find no greater antagonist than the fan. Why? Because it means more to them, or so they believe. As a former player, nothing angers me more than armchair charlies accusing the teams of overlooking opponents or blaming players for providing bulletin board material. 
But leading up to the game, the fan is the one talking the most, boasting the most. When the team is winning, it's a lot of we talk. But when the team loses, it turns into they lost. You will never know what those moments feel like because you didn't put in the work to earn those feelings from those moments. That's the great thing about being part of a team. You win as a team, you lose as a team. We cry, we console our brother, we don't point the finger, we go back to work, back to the early morning workouts, the hill sprints, back to the bloody noses and broken bones. Why? Because it really means more to us. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. And don't forget BetOnline for NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.